Welcome to the Core Principles Podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you'll enjoy this lively discussion of relevant topics, which we attempt to examine through the lens of unchanging objective truth. Here's the host of the Core Principles Podcast, Clay Howerton. Thank you, Suzanne. Today on Core Principles, I'm honored to welcome back to the program uh, the best-selling author of The Enemy Within, Mr. David Horowitz. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm glad to hear it. Well, on the 13th of May, last Friday, you published at frontpagemag.com a great explanation of one of the several ways that the Democrats, will say, skirted the law to subvert the election of 2020 and put this ridiculously harmful Joe Biden into the office of the president. Uh, the first question is, what was the focus of your research for that uh, topic last Friday? Well, it was triggered by my awareness as the head of a, a conservative 501c3 that the IRS, which is a weaponized institution, it was weaponized by Obama, the, these governments we've had, the Obama government, but particularly the Biden one, are criminals. Um, they have no respect for the law. The IRS has to function as a neutral agency. Uh, it can't punish or silence conservatives and empower leftists. Uh, it can, but then we have a fascist state, which I think we're in the first stages of anyway. And you're referring to what Lois Lerner notoriously did when right. she would not grant status to conservative organizations. About 100 conservative C3s. But um, so as, as part of the counterattack here, you might call it, uh, I was looking at the way in which the IRS uh, uses its powers to silence conservatives. And in this case, to rig the the 2020 election. Anybody who doesn't think that the 2020 election was rigged is either lying to themselves or to you. Um, the, the evidence is massive. With Dinesh D'Souza's new film, 2000 Mules, just massive. And uh, one man, um, in particular, Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO of Facebook, all by himself could have swung this election uh, to the Democrats. Um, he used his C3, uh, which he is not allowed to use for political, I can read the political uh, banning. You can't participate in a political campaign if you're a C3, according to the law. But the uh, IRS just turned a blind eye where, when Zuckerberg took $400 million, actually it was a little more than that, which was the budget of the DNC. He doubled their budget and put it into a couple of C3s, which are also violating the law under the guise of making elections safe during the, tan the pandemic. So of course that meant using unsolicited paper, paper ballots. Look, if you wanted to make uh, the election COVID proof as it were, you know, rent a 
football stadium. I get, I get all these, every school has a sports arena where there's plenty of space for social distancing. But there was no intention uh, of making these contributions uh, directed towards health. That was just the cover. These people are criminals. What they really wanted to do was to give money to organizations and require them to create uh, avenues for voter fraud and theft. I want to ask you about the organizations. You mentioned two of them. But first, uh, David Horowitz, I want to let the listeners gain a little more understanding about these IRS restrictions on the 501c3. And you're an expert on this because uh, the David Horowitz Freedom Center is a 501c3 organization. Now, it happens that there are plenty of 501c3 designated organizations that are interested in topics that may seem political because the Democrats politicize everything. How do organizations stay on the right side of the law per these IRS rules about campaigns? What's the difference? One is you don't endorse a candidate. Yes. Two is you don't spend the money um, blatantly to increase the vote of one of the parties. In Pennsylvania, for example, one of these two organizations that, uh, that Zuckerberg seduced by throwing a ton of money at them, uh, like a hundred times what they normally would get in contributions. He put a drop box. A drop box uh, is a convenient place for people to vote, but also a convenient place for vote harvesters to stuff ballot boxes. It's a it's a it's a box where you can vote, and you don't have to look. Uh, you know, for the the nor- normal access to a voting booth. And in Pennsylvania, Zuckerberg's organization chose a heavily Democratic area. This is a get out the vote for Democrats. Put a drop box in place for every 4,000 voters and every four square miles of land. By contrast, in the 59 Pennsylvania counties that Trump won in the 2016 election in Pennsylvania, there was now one drop box that, that is for every 72,000 voters as opposed to 4,000 Democrat voters uh, and every thousand square miles of land. So they, what Zuckerberg did was in, in giving these grants, he required the organizations he gave the grants to, C3s, to institute procedures that facilitated vote stealing and vote fraud. If you look at Dinesh D'Souza's film, you can see there are security cam- cameras at these drop boxes. So you can watch, he calls them the mules, the Democrat mules stuffing the drop boxes, making 53 trips uh, to drop, drop boxes in, the, in, a single, in a single precinct. Um, so that's how the vote was, uh, was swayed. It's one of the many ways, I would say. 
And for folks who haven't seen 2000 Mules, it's available now on disc. It's the number one bestseller on Amazon on a DVD. It's available through locals.com with Dinesh D'Souza's channel. It's available through Rumble. Uh, It's out there. The, The main media will pretend like it doesn't exist because they can't debate it, but it's available. The the theme of my book, The Enemy Within, which is about the Democrat Party, is actually about the totalitarian movement that's taken over the Democrat Party, is that if you look at what, what Democrats have proposed or tried to achieve, packing the Supreme Court, aborting the Supreme Court, and ending an independent judiciary, suppressing the First Amendment, deplatforming the president of the United States, um, instituting censorship boards, every bit of demonizing their political opponents. Um, if you call your all Republicans are racist and white supremacists and insurrectionists, they're not legitimate people to vote for. You've destroyed democracy if you succeed in that. Kill the Electoral College, which is a key to forcing compromise and forcing uh, the the parties to cooperate. That's the purpose of it. Everything they do is driving towards a one-party state. You know, it's the way Biden ran his campaign. He accused Trump of murdering 200,000 coronavirus patients. He, He said you. He's responsible for the 200,000 deaths. Of course, when he got in, it grew from, uh, actually it turned out to be 400,000 by the time he got elected. But in Biden's one year, 600,000 people died. And to fling around accusations like that, this is lying on a, such a sinister scale. It, it, it delegitimizes anybody who doesn't vote for a Democrat. I wanted to ask you, David Horowitz, about the leftists. You mentioned some of the ways that they're instituting tyranny here, and that is what leftists do. That's what leftism is. It's government control and involvement in people's lives. But you were with these folks in the uh, Vietnam era before the light went on and you saw that they were frauds. Would any of those folks that you were with in the 60s say that Biden's Ministry of Truth or Disinformation Board is actually a good thing? Surely not. Of course they would. Look, um, yeah, my parents were actually members of the Communist Party. I grew up in the left. I was a leader of the new left in the 60s. It embarrasses me today, but I was. Um, I got out when the Black Panthers murdered my friend. Um, they were gangsters, and they're still lionized by the left. They were gangsters in the same way that Black Lives Matter is a bunch of gangsters. If you're a leftist, and you, if you believe that you have a plan which will change human nature so everybody will get along, and there won't be any poverty or racism or sexism or homophobia or war or poverty. If you actually believe that, what lie would you not tell? What crime would you not commit or support to achieve it? Of course they want censorship boards. 
because they think if they can brainwash everybody, if everybody would become politically correct, that's the whole idea. That, that's why you get expelled from the left if you don't tell the party line, because the party line tells you what kind of human being they think you should be using the right pronouns, for example, right down to the pronouns that you use, uh, which they've attempted to criminalize for eight-year-olds in one school. Uh, they've got these kids up for sexual harassment for using the wrong pronouns. Incredible. Of course they support. Says they're fascists. I mean, people, you know, the Republicans are so lame, conservatives generally, that, you know, when the Cold War ended, um, you know, George W., George H.W. Bush sort of just walked away from it. Instead of knocking home to people, what an atrocity socialism, communism is, how many people it killed, how many people it impoverished, how many people it starved to death in man-made famines. Um, none of the, there was no triumphalism when the Cold War ended. So you, you can, you know, communism is, communists are worse than Nazis. They killed more people. Uh, the, I mean, the Nazis are horrible, but there's really no difference between a communist and a Nazi. Uh, it used to be that the Nazis were national socialists and the communists were international socialists, but their ideas are the same. You purify the race by weeding out and killing uh, people who don't toe the party line. And communists killed 100 million people in the last hundred years in peacetime. <laughs> it wasn't in wartime. Speaking of the war, uh, we've got Russia and Ukraine, and a lot of folks on the left are cheering for the United States to get in there and fight for Ukraine. I can't fathom why leftists, the anti-war left, are on board with that. I, th I think Tucker Carlson is the greatest asset that the conservatives have, but he's dead wrong about Ukraine. First of all, Ukraine is not a, a faraway place. It takes seven minutes for an intercontinental ballistic missile to reach the United States from Russia. There are, there are no distant places anymore. Um, secondly, this money thing, take the $40 billion. It's not to take $40 billion away from protecting our border. Our border can be protected by a stroke of the criminal's pen. If Biden weren't such an America-hating racist and criminal, he would, he would restore all those Trump provisions that secured our border. Instead, he's letting, and again, I, I think conservatives are just lame at fighting these battles. There was a government accounting office study of the years 2011 to 2016 that showed that 2 million illegals got into the country, which is about what are getting in in one year now. Same time, there were 730 thousand, 730,000 illegals in jail, in prisons, convicted felons. 
So what Biden is doing is he's letting in 700,000 criminals. You know, there's uh, obviously there are decent, uh, unfortunate people who want to uh, get a piece of the American pie. But the criminal element is huge. Anyway, the arguments and the Rand Paul arguments about the money, what's required is not having a criminal head of the Department of Justice. What's his name? Merrick Garland. He's a criminal. He was almost on the Supreme Court. The FBI and the parents complaining about having their kids brainwashed and to become anti-white racists. <laughs> that he gets the FBI out for, but for this fentanyl crisis. Uh, you know, all of the things that conservatives rightly bring up um, would not be solved by letting the... Then Tucker never says, and none of these guys say, what would happen if Russia, if Putin were to win in Ukraine? What's next? He's already threatened Poland. Uh, we know he wants to restore the Russian Empire. Uh, you know, people, it's like forgetting the whole history of the Second World War. What if we hadn't, when Be Belgium was invaded, what if the United States hadn't come, uh, you know, to the aid of the Belgians and the French and everybody who Hitler had, you know, they'd all be speaking German today. They'd all be Nazis. This is one of the most hero heroic struggles, by the way, in, in our lifetime. And this compares to Dunkirk and uh, um, you know, Thermopylae, if you want to go back to the defense of freedom by the Athenians. Uh, it's inspired to have America turn its back on these heroic people. We won't be America anymore. Uh, as a, how can we be proud of ourselves if we let this monster in the Kremlin just use his, you know, his modern weaponry to kill, to, to commit a genocide? Uh, I, I, I mean, it's horrific, the images that are coming out of there. I, I, you know, the fact that Biden supports it is, you know, you can't sort of make your politics be just whatever they're for, I'm against. Uh, you know, Biden has botched this war. He came in way too late. He let it happen. It would never have happened if Trump had been in office. True. But that doesn't mean that his sending aid to them is, is not a worthy thing to do. Do you worry at all that just sending the money may end up having some of that money laundered? We know that Biden and his crime family enterprise was in Ukraine laundering in money. Jinping. I mean, I'm sitting, let's go back to Afghanistan, which is another prelude to this war. He, for 20 years, we were in Afghanistan gathering allies among the, uh, I don't know, ever know what you call them, Afghans or Afghanis, but whatever, the people of Afghanistan particularly the women, getting them into schools, liberating them, making them, in effect, collaborators of the United States. And then you have to do a withdrawal, which means you're exposing them to being massacred, which is what's happening there. 
by the Taliban. You don't pull your troops out first. You pull your allies and your, your uh, all the Americans who were there. You rescue them first. Then you withdraw the troops. Everything that Biden did in Afghanistan, I cannot ex explain. I cannot explain giving up all those bases and all those weapons and turning over security to the Taliban so they can murder when they murdered our Marines. And when I talked about that last summer, I, I mentioned that it was completely the wrong approach and that it would encourage Putin to go into Ukraine. And I and hate to have been right about it. I can't understand any of that except that Xi Jinping has Biden in his pocket because he can destroy that whole family with all the information he has about Hunter Biden's um, dealings, shall we say, his criminal behavior and dealings in China, in Russia, uh, and you know, through, actually throughout the world. And especially in Ukraine. Yeah, uh, we, have, we, we have a compromised president. He's a traitor. And when Trump tried to get the new, now heroic president or leader of Ukraine to say, okay, I understand you're a reformer. Let's see something. We know there's uh, corruption over there. Show me that you care about it. They impeached him because they couldn't let that be known. Incredible. He's a terrible, the Democrats are terrible human beings. The, the Pelosi's, the Biden's, the Garland's. What they're doing with January 6th is an atrocity. And these same people that want to keep people in pretrial confinement for January 6th are cheering on the guys terrorizing Supreme Court justices. How do we explain that? Yeah, well, exactly. Here you have, you have this women's march. They're terrorists. The head of the women's march is Linda Sarsour. These are uh, Hamas. It's the Sunnis and the Shias. They're Shia terrorists is what they are. The fact that they don't throw bombs is not significant. They're part of the network, part of the support, political support. The IRA, that was the army. Sinn Féin, that was the political party. Every terrorist group, because its agendas are political, has to have a, terror, a political arm. And Ilan Omar and all these uh, women's march leaders they even try to have, they had Razmi Oda, I think is her name, who blew up a supermarket and killed, oh, or did she blow up a school and killed two students? Convicted terrorist was on the platform of the women's march. But here you have the prospect of summer of rage. These feminists announced they were going to conduct a summer of rage to make the country ungovernable. That's called insurrection. The whole idea of having a democracy is that you settle things peacefully. You don't make the government ungovernable. You follow the law, which obviously Democrats have no respect for the law. Uh, the border alone should convince anybody of that. They have no respect for our laws. So you have these, these insurrectionists. Nobody says anything. They're threatening Supreme Court justices, which means they're trying to destroy the independence of the judiciary, which was you know, just a piece of our 
democratic, a vital piece of our democratic system. Whereas you have all these political prisoners in Washington that were invited in by the cops. I don't know if you've watched Greg Kelly on uh, Newsmax TV, but he's got these videos showing the cops urging people to go into the Capitol. I quoted one of those on this program. I didn't see it on Greg Kelly's show, but I saw it close to the time of the event. Somebody put it out there and the police held open the door. The Capitol policeman said, this is as close as a quote as I can get. I don't agree with this, but we are supposed to let you in. So come on. One of those January 6th defendants chose a bench trial because he knew that the Washington, D.C. juries were out to get him pretty much and they wouldn't let him go elsewhere. So he just went before the judge and he said, OK, judge, I'm accused of trespassing. I'm not guilty on the basis of the fact that a Capitol policeman opened the door and invited me in. The judge knew it was true and he acquitted him. Boom, that's the end of that. But he had to wait in pretrial confinement for months before going to that point. Probably a year. Yeah. Terrible. It's so disgraceful. I don't think there's been anything like this since Andersonville, the, the uh, notorious uh, Confederate prison in, uh, during the Civil War. This is an atrocity. This is what dictatorships do. I wanted to get your take, David Horowitz, on the mindset of the average Democrat, not the swamp rats in D.C., but just the average Democrat whose parents were Democrats, and they're not crazy leftists, but they haven't left. Most people uh, see politics as a sewer. Yes. And and they shut their minds, and they're not sitting in front of their cable. But they probably have an opinion about whether the election was legit. I think most Democrats know instinctively that Biden could not have won the election under our actual rules and our laws that typically govern the elections. Do you think they generally believe that he won or that they're just laughing because they got rid of Trump and that's all they wanted? I think the, the, the second thing, that ends justify the means. That's what drives the left. And, it's, and I, I hate it when they're called liberals, because there's nothing liberal about them. Yes, statists, leftists, communists. When I'm looking at the swamp itself in D.C., we know uh, in your article you point out, again, another way that the IRS has been corrupted by leftists. Uh, We know that the Department of Justice is corrupted by leftists. Merrick Garland is a snake, as you've mentioned. Even the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Listeners, I'm not sure if you caught when David Horowitz mentioned this fact, but uh, they are opening jackets and files on parents who went to school boards and said, please stop teaching my kid about sex at age five. And now the FBI has them on effectively watch lists. Stop trying to convert them from boys to girls and vice versa at age five from crying out tears. Teach them that gender is fluid. I mean, you know, amazing how far we've gone with this. there's no scientific basis for gender dysphoria. There's, that is, there's no biological state uh, that produces gender dysphoria. It's a mental problem. It is a mental problem. And listeners, if you want the real science about that, Dr. Ryan Anderson. And half the people who go through the, pro- the transitioning, I like the way they call that, they, where they have their the surgical changes mutilated. Yeah, half of the people are unhappy with the result of what it reversed. Now I'm sitting next to the head of Kaiser Permanente, 
And he told me this. Half of them want to want the operations reversed. Many of them are committing suicide. And yet there are these this shows you what the radical mentality is. They have no respect for youthful innocence. They have not they want to castrate boys and I don't know what the probable term is for girls before puberty for crying out tears permanently alter their physical states for life it's irreversible and they want to keep parents from being allowed to know that they're talking to them about it yeah these are predators is what your 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 radical school board is it's a bunch of predators they protected in virginia this kid who pretended to be a transvestite and wore a dress into the girl's bathroom and raped this poor girl. You know, then, then they, when the father got upset, uh, they used that as a pretext for calling the parents terrorists. The world is upside down. It's crazy. The superintendent of schools was sitting there who protected this rapist denied that he existed, and then shipped him to another school where he raped another girl in the, in the bathroom. Why aren't the, these are criminals and they need to be called out as, this is criminal behavior. I'm going to ask you about remedies in a moment, but I want to point out for listeners, it is not, we, we, everybody wants to be loving and compassionate. It is not loving or compassionate to treat mental conditions with surgical remedies. And that's what the left is advocating in these schools. It is harmful and irreversible and not compassionate and not loving. Well said. Perfectly reasonable. But you're, uh, what are you for saying it? So we see time and again in these examples that uh, with the corruption of IRS, DOJ, FBI, there's no equal justice under the law. And leftists literally get away with murder and treason. But the entire D.C. establishment, this swamp, is out there. Trump exposed it. And then, you know, they fought back pretty hard and he's not there right now. Uh, A lot of us who love this country are wondering, David Horowitz, how can we restore this nation to being the land of liberty? What are the remedies we can pursue? We can't just pretend that this is, you know, politics as usual. It isn't. I want a little venom. Well, I'm going to ask you for predictions then, because there's very few. Uh, maybe we have Josh Hawley, uh, Rand Paul on certain topics, uh, Ted Cruz on certain topics, Donald Trump, a lot of topics who will speak boldly. But most Republicans, I mean, you got Liz Cheney as quote unquote, a Republican. So what do you predict in terms of will we advance the cause of liberty and turn away some of these heinous things that the Democrats have been doing, or are they just going to keep trouncing us? I always have hope. Um, I think people are waking up. I don't know if they're waking up fast enough. I have a, a book coming out. In, uh, it was supposed to come out in May, but the supply chain problems have postponed it till October called the final battle, why the next election could be the last. Mm. I asked the Democrats to just outright establish a dictatorship. The pace they're on, David Horowitz, they might get there before 2024. It's sad. Who knows? 2022, we have an election. 
Who knows? I believe that it's going to be more difficult for their cheating to work in the state-by-state uh, state rather than nationwide elections. So they, they got Trump, but they didn't get any of our representatives. Uh, the Republicans won every close House race uh, because they couldn't make it so blatant that all of their extra ballots in these precincts were there or else people would notice. There's a, like twice as many votes as voters. The genius of the founders of this country was to create a federal system. Yes, sir. Decentralized power. So now, you know, the revolt against this Biden fascist regime is taking place in Florida and Arizona and, and Varia and Texas. You know, who knows who's going to win? I, 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 like I say, I'm an optimist. I think with the American people turn, it's with a tremendous force. I always like to bring up in 19, April 1941, Hitler had overrun all of Europe and uh, Japan's fascist regime had overrun all of Southeast Asia, Manchuria, and the, I think the Philippines, but all of Southeast, most of Southeast Asia. Uh, and Gallup did, a, and, and of course they were anti-capitalist, they were anti-freedom, so they were anti American, the Japanese and the Nazis, the Axis powers. So Gallup did a poll in April 41. Should America enter the war? 81% of Americans said no. It's, this is the isolationist. America is such a great country. People, we don't want to go to war. And, it, and it's, it's that same theme that's running through the conservatives want us to abandon Ukraine. 81% of Americans said, don't enter the Second World War. And then what is it, six months, I could do the months, whatever it is, six or seven or eight months later, Pearl Harbor. And then it took us four years to destroy them. I always keep that in mind when I get pessimistic. I appreciate your optimism, sir. And uh, I thank you for uh, pepping me up in terms of, uh, you know, my outlook, I try to be optimistic, but I'm seeing things that I didn't expect to see in my life. Me I mean, either. this ministry of truth, surely I had to think, you know, surely these TikTok warriors out there would say, wait a minute, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. Knock it off. But they're like, oh yeah, sure. Whatever. I don't want to hear from these guys. It blows my mind. Before the board, all of the tech companies said, Deplatforming the president of the United States and his taking away his 80 million followers on Twitter. Come on, what kind of country is that? It's not a democracy anymore. This is the thing that lets observers observe that the Democrats are up to no good is they will not tolerate any exposition of what they're doing. And so Elon Musk says, hey, you guys have been telling us that Twitter's its own thing. So if we conservatives, or he's not even conservative, if we who don't want big government leftism uh, should buy our own Twitter and see like, well, okay, I got $44 billion to spare. They lose their minds. Yeah, Elon Musk is the sign, my most hopeful sign. Because here's a guy with a, a leftist mentality. He wants to change the world. How did he get involved in SpaceX? He... he 
He found a 501c3, that's a tax-exempt organization, who wanted to put plants, grow plants on Mars. So he went to the, he bought the, this 501c3. He went to the Russians and asked if he could buy, use ICBMs to, to fly the greenhouses to Mars and turn that into America's space program. We wouldn't have a space program now if it weren't for Elon Musk. This is a mentality of changing the world. It's not your normal conservative mentality by any stretch of the imagination. And yet he he's he's a passionate believer in democracy. He loves free speech and that drives the left crazy. But their aversion to having a free and open discussion is very revealing. My website, frontpagemagazine.com, has a motto. Inside every progressive is a totalitarian screaming to get out. Pretend to be Democrats. They pretend to... Lancey Pelosi is always swearing by the Constitution, which he's always destroying. She has no respect for the Constitution, none whatsoever. But she did, by protecting this murderer alone, the Capitol policeman who murdered Ashley Babbitt, by keeping these people in jail for trespassing for a year, this, this is who she is. She's a dictator. I have an obscure fact, which nobody else seems to know, but I'm sure I know it's true. Every congressperson gets a, a chance to name a day in honor of their hero. When Nancy Pelosi got that, uh, that day, her hero was Harry Bridges, who was a Soviet agent. These people are communists. I mean, you get, communism is sort of respectable, thanks to all the communists in Hollywood and in the media. Uh, but like I say, there's no real difference there between fascists and communists. And in fact, Mussolini was a Leninist. I don't know if you know that before he became a fascist. But when the First World War came along, you know, Marx had said, he said, the workers have no country. And then what the left said was, if war comes, the workers won't fight for their capitalist rulers. And the First World War came and all the socialist parties signed up, you know, for the war credits and whatnot. And that's when Mussolini became a nationalist. And that's why it's, he's a fascist. But he's really a communist. Well, my view of the political spectrum is so simple. I think it's what the founders looked at. is just the left and the right have to be opposite. So if the left is centralized control, then the extreme right would be anarchy. And the Articles of Confederation were uh, far right, but not all the way to anarchy. And then the Constitution was just slightly right, where it's like, okay, we recognize we got to have central government, but we're going to have a hard break here. Amendment 10 says this far and no farther. And that is conservatism. Yes, but the Democrat Party was not always like this. It came like this as a result of a riot that Tom Hayden and Jane Fonda staged at the Democrat convention to destroy the electoral chances of Hubert Humphrey who was a down-the-line liberal, but he was also an anti-communist. That's why they 
destroyed him. They then marched into the Democrat Party behind George McGovern and spent 50 years taking it over. It's now in the hands of anti-American racists. And here we are in the world that they're creating around us. But we're not hopeless listeners, and you've heard from David Horowitz reasons to be optimistic. Uh, inform yourselves. And my book. And read his books. Uh, the Enemy Within is a great one to read. Uh, all of them are great. His bibliography is extensive. And David Horowitz, when you do put out your new book, I'm going to expect to talk with you about it, if you're willing. Uh, I'll be reading it as soon as I can get my hands on it in October. Right. Well, thank you. And uh, God bless you, sir. And thank you again for joining me on Core Principles. God bless. Core Principles podcast is produced in Paducah, Kentucky by Real Productions. Music is by Late July. L-E-I-G-H-T July. You can find our music on all streaming services or at latejuly.com. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of the Core Principles Podcast. Please visit core.buzzsprout.com for more information. And please share with your friends. We look forward to visiting with you again on our next episode.